trust a good God, a trustworthy God. So Lord, we bless you tonight for your presence. We thank you, God. It is, you've already been here. You've, you've already touched our hearts and our minds. Lord, thank you for your presence. Thank you, O oh God, for all that you have done, all that you are doing, and all that you will be doing. Thank you, O oh God, that you choose men and women to bring about your will on this earth. We thank you that you choose us, O oh God, treasures in jars of clay. So, Lord, will you move in a very special way tonight, like only you can do it. If you turn to your Bibles, I'm going to read three verses to you. And... um. Because I'm, I'm, since I'm not Pastor Gary, I don't quite know them all by heart. But so I've asked um, our amazing We Are Chad crew um, to help us. We're going to start in the book of Numbers, chapter 27, verse 18. And the Lord said to Moses, take Joshua, the son of Nun, with you, a man in whom is the spirit, and lay your hand on him. Set him before Eleazar the priest and before all the congregation and inaugurate him in their sight. And you shall give some of your authority to him that all the congregation of the children of Israel may be obedient. He shall stand before Eleazar the priest who shall inquire before the Lord for him by the judgment of the Urim. At his word they shall go out and at his word they shall come in. He and all the children of Israel with him, all the congregation. And if you can then go with me to the book of Joshua chapter 9. We're going to start reading. What verse did I say? Joshua chapter 9. There, 14. That's what it was. <laughs> Thank you. We are, Chad, coming in strong. Verse 14. Then the men of Israel took some of their provisions, but they did not ask counsel of the Lord. I'm going to say that again. Then the men of Israel took some of their provisions, but they did not ask counsel of the Lord. And the third one is in Psalms chapter 20. We're going to start in verse 6. Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will trust in the name of the Lord our God. You can be seated in the house. We're going to be speaking about trusting God in all things. Tell your neighbor, trust in God in all things. And I know I've shared it before, but if I can share with you briefly about the first fruits. Can I share with you a little bit about the first fruits? I'm a, I'm a testimony of the first fruits. When I first moved in from Guatemala, um, after being there almost two years, loved my, my time there, we were living by faith. You know, God had provided in so many ways. I remember I moved back in the month of December. I had never lived out of my house, so I had no furniture. I had no, no cookware. There is no 
party for someone who's single and moving out of their house because they're old. There's no party for that. There's no registry. I looked. I looked on Amazon. I looked on everything. There's no registry. So poor Mama Maria had to just, Maria and Felix were just dragging along and they're like, well, Kim, you know, you're coming to an age that it's time to move on out. And I began to pray to the Lord because I'm like, Lord, um, you know, I'm just working part time. I, Lord, you're just going to have to make a way. And I remember that year, pastor started speaking about the first fruits, and he started to wave the bread. Do you remember that? When he was waving the bread, and I was like, I don't know if I'm hungry or which of the two, but Lord, I receive your word. But since I didn't have first fruit to give, I was like, yes, you go. God is talking to you. Yes, you receive that. Because I, I didn't have no fruit. I didn't have first fruit, second fruit, third fruit. I didn't have no fruit. So when he would say, come on and give your first fruit, I'm like, that's right. You go. Turn to your neighbor. He didn't even say turn to your neighbor. And I was like, you need to go because God is talking to you about the first fruit. I was like, praise the Lord. And I remember that same year in May, um, we, uh, my income tax check came in like May. No, but maybe it was like March. I, I did it late. In March, my income tax came and since I didn't make a lot of money the year before, it was like 600 bucks. And clear as day, you can't even make it up. When I was opening my check, I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. I got to do so many stuff. I'm going to buy myself a cookware. It's going to be great. I heard God say clear as day, remember the first fruit. So I was like, Jesus, it's March. I don't know who needs to hear that. But it's, it's March, and the time, the season has gone, and it's done. And, and then he was like, will you just remember the first fruit? So I was like, I... I grumbled at the beginning, and then I was like, Lord, at the end of the day, everything that I have belongs to you. And I, I, I took out my tithe, and then I gave the rest for first fruit. And that year, Pastor had prophesied that the second year of, that the second part of the year was going to be a double blessing, a triple blessing, quadruple blessing. And I remember that after having looked for a full-time job for a few months, nothing had happened. On Good Friday, I probably shouldn't have been on my phone, but I was. I was in a service, and I felt the Lord direct me to a certain website that had a position available for me. So I was like, well, Lord, you know, they're praying so I could sort of apply. I promise you, I applied in like two seconds. I'm like, Jesus, for the king. And I applied. In about a week, they called me. And, it, and it's, it was a, it's a state job, so those are kind of important. They take time to, to, to develop. And I remember that I, they offered me the position, and I was driving into the parking lot on July the 1st of that year. So when I noticed that it was exactly the beginning of the second year, I'm crying in my parking lot. I'm like, Jesus, you're so good because my income doubled, right, from, from January that I started. July 1st, literally it doubled. Not, I'm not even, it wasn't like a 20% increase, it doubled because I still had my part-time and I still had, now I had a full-time job. And I was like, you're so good, I don't deserve you, God, no in the windows of heaven, let it rain. I was like, I didn't even call people because I just was speaking in tongues. I'm like, you're so good. You, you give more than me, Jesus. And, and then I, I was like, Lord, I'm going to buy so much stuff. I'm going to start a registry for people like me, and it's going to be great. So then in August, <laughs> I know, because when and there's a whole bunch of staff members, most of them are married. So y'all married people, you always get things. Let the single people do some stuff too, like cuckoo. So in August, I get, this, I get this phone call that there is, a, there is a, an organization that is looking to talk to me about Hispanic ministries at the church. And I was supposed to meet with them. And I was like, sure, there's this person and you could contact this person. And in that conversation, they were like, you know what, Kim? I think you would actually be a great fit for the organization. I was like, but you don't understand. Jesus already blessed me. July 1st, I testified. I'm like, Jesus has done it. Double my income. God is so good. Somebody hold me. God is so good. 
And he's like, they're like, that's awesome, but you know, we, we really think you'd be a great fit for this position, and it's, it's the director position. And I was like, I had never been a director, but I was like, I was a choir director, so close enough. So I was like, yes, I'll do it. Oh, Christ the solid, we're ready. I didn't even ask her how much it made because, you know, <laughs> I didn't care because I had already been doubly blessed, so I thought that was all God had for me. So then after about a two-hour conversation, she says, well, you know, if you want the job, it's yours. I'm like, I didn't really apply for it, but okay. I'll go direct. I don't know what, but okay, let's do this. So she gives me the, the job description, and she says, do you want to know how much the money the, the job makes? And I was like, yeah, because, you know, God is like that. I, listen, I'll double my for my trouble. Jesus did it. So then she writes something on a piece of paper, and she <laughs> passes it down the table. And I look at it, and I am not, I'm not even lying to you. It was Four times. But I started making in January. <laughs> Four times. So I pretended like I was in total composure, but I was trying to, because you know at the Together Cafe, the seats don't have a back. And I was just like, Jesus, if you don't come, I'm going to fall back. And then for about two months, because it took me some time to leave my state job, which was a full-time job, I started that job. So I had two full-time jobs and a part-time job. I don't even want to tell you how much money I was making. It was a lot. And then I remembered the first fruit offering. And I was like, Lord, I don't deserve what you do for me. I really don't. And God just says it's because you were faithful. So I just want to encourage you tonight. Listen, we're not, offerings is not about us. It's not about a church. It's about our hearts. It's about a matter of the heart. So whatever you believe in God for, and, and if you believe in God for four times as much, you're, it's small. God can do even more than that because he is the owner of it all. So I encourage your first fruits. So speaking about the first fruits, first fruits is about trusting God. So it goes right in line to what I, was, I want to speak to you tonight. But I want to talk to you about trusting God completely, fully in all things. Because I think that is, it is important. And I want to focus in this story of Joshua chapter 9. Now let me go back because in my nifty Bible that my pastor gave me. Look. Isn't it beautiful? And that's to say I love my pastor. I love my pastor both publicly and privately. I speak well of him publicly, and I also speak well of him privately. And anyone that doesn't do that, then, you know, you're probably not friends, and that's okay. I honor the man of God and, and my pastora, who are absolutely amazing. I'm going to get in trouble for that, probably. So the book of Joshua, chapter 9, y'all know the story. Joshua was called of God. He was the second in command. He sat with Moses. He, the Bible describes that when, when God... And Moses were doing dealings when they were doing ministry in the tent. Joshua would have been very close by. So he would have heard God. He would have, he would have heard of the, and seen the things. He would have seen the Red Sea. He would have seen uh, the miracles, the signs, and the wonders. Joshua had a first row seat to the God of miracles through the ministry of Moses. And then the transition happens that Moses dies. You, you know that he was not able to go into the promised land. And, and because of that, God raises up this young man named Joshua. And when he raises, when he's talking to Moses about what Joshua is to do, he tells him very specifically, tell Joshua that he needs to seek me before he makes any decisions. And he gives him very specific things because in that time, we didn't have Jesus yet. So we still needed 
a priest, and he says, tell him to always go to Eleazar because he, in other words, tell him not to do anything without seeking me first. I remember when I accepted Christ as my Savior, I think it was a, you know, feeling all that love and being so overwhelmed by his presence, it was almost easy for me to say, yes, Jesus, I will trust you with the rest of my life. I will go where you tell me to go and do what you tell me to do. And, and, it's, and it's relatively easy, but, but we often find that, that the craftiness of the devil is, is so particular that at times it makes us forget that we are to trust God in all things. We don't only trust God when the enemy comes at us like a roaring lion. Those are easy, right? If someone comes at me with a gun, I don't have to, like, you know, think too hard. and be like, Jesus, I'm going to start all the verses I can say. I'm going to say them in that moment because someone's coming at me with a gun. Or if someone starts to mess with my family, they don't have to tell you too much for you to start to say, Jesus, and you start to pray and you start to believe, and it's, and it's great, but... But there is another type of enemy that, because the enemy doesn't just come at you in ways that you can see him. The enemy sometimes comes at you like a serpent. Like he revealed himself to Adam and Eve and very crafty, very nifty. And that's what happens in the book of Joshua. In, the, in chapter 9 of Joshua, Joshua had already defeated the Canaanites and he had already uh, fought with, uh, defeated AI. He had already seen God literally crumble a wall down just because they walked around it and worshiped God. He had already seen God do great and mighty exploits, not only through the ministry of Moses, but through his own. He had seen God. In other words, Joshua was clear that he was called of God, right? Because if he was not called of God, he would not be able to do not even 10% of the things that he had already accomplished. So then Joshua is confronted with a, with a, with a, new, uh, a new foe that he didn't expect. In this particular story, he didn't come like the Canaanites or, or the other people that, that he expected to see. The, the, the Gibeonites were very different. And I want to describe, I want to read to you a few of the verses so I can describe to you the craftiness of these people and oftentimes the craftiness of the enemy. Verse 3. But when the inhabitants of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done to Jericho and Ai, they worked craftily and went and pretended to be ambassadors. They pretended to be for them. And they took old sacks on their donkeys, old wineskins torn and mended, old and patched sandals on their feet, and old garments on, them, on themselves, and all the, the bread of their provision was dry and moldy. And they went to Joshua to the camp of Gilgal and said to him, and to the men of Israel, we have come from a far country. Now, therefore, make a covenant with us. They were very uh, crafty to do a few things. Like, for example, he says, they, the first thing they say to them, we are your servants. So one of the main things that this, that when the devil attacks you in this way is that he comes with flattery. Oh, you're so, you're so smart. Look, at, it's such an honor to be around you. You're, you're so talented. Wow. How do you do, how do you wake up so glorious? You're so amazing. You're such a good wife. You're such a good husband. They, they, this, this type of enemy comes first with flattery. And, and if you know, even if we don't want to admit it, but when somebody comes at us with flattery, it's hard sometimes to know if they're friend or foe. Yeah. 
right? Because you, we all have friends that are encouragement to us, that they tell us when you're down, it's going to be okay. You're going to be able to fight, right? But then the people that come in a crafty way from the enemy will also come with flattery. It's a very real thing. They say, we are far off. We are from a faraway country. And we heard about what you did in verse, we're going to start reading in verse 7 again. The men of Israel said to the Hivites, perhaps you dwell among us, so how can we make a covenant with you? But they said to, to Joshua, we are your servants. And Joshua said to them, who are you and where do you come from? So they said to him, from a very far country, your servants have come because of the name of the Lord your God. For we have heard of his name and all that he did in Egypt and all that he did to the two kings of the Amorites who were be beyond the Jordan, to Sihon, king of Heshbon, and to Og, king of Bashan, who was with Ashtaroth. Therefore, our elders and all the inhabitants of our country spoke to us, saying, Take provisions with you for the journey and go to meet them and say to them, We are your servants. Now, therefore, make a covenant with us. This bread of ours we took hot for our provisions from our houses on the day we departed to come to you. But now look at it. It's dry and moldy. And these wineskins which we filled were new. And see, they are torn. And these, our garments and our sandals have become old because of the very long journey. Then the men of Israel took some of their provisions, but they did not ask counsel of the Lord. So they say, we are your servant. They came with flattery. They say, we're from a far off country and, and we heard about what you've done. These are the people that come at you with half truths. Because they were saying the truth. They had heard about the conquest of Joshua and the people of Israel. And as a matter of fact, it was so soon after Canaan and A uh, the Canaanites and Ai that when they came, they did not mention Canaan and Ai because it had just happened. So they were talking about the things that they had already heard about. People come at you like that. Oh, you're, you know what? I know you're called of God. Yes, thank you for your firm grasp on the obvious. But before they said the truth, they said, we're from a far-off country. They come with half-truths. Oh, our bread is dry. It's an attack on the senses. The senses. The senses. The senses. So they wanted to give them something tangible that they can hold and feel. You see? What we're saying is true. Uh, there's, there's these things that come to attack your, the, the way that you feel, your emotions, your, your senses. It feels so real in the moment. Come on, people that dated the wrong people. If I had a nickel. Even you married people know about that because, you know, you had to kiss a few frogs before you found. These people come with all, I mean, all the right things. Girl, you rock my world. How do you do it? How do you get up like that every day? And I'm like, woo, this has to be it. Pure devils, pure devils. But I'm like, this has to be it. Because in the moment, it comes to attack your senses. Your feelings, your emotions, your, your ability to touch, your ability to, to, to experience something in a particular way. And, and the devil knows that, which is why he comes at you like that. He's crafty. 
He says, look at our clothes. It's an attack of the eyes. Look, what do you see? I'm not, I'm not going to tell you what to look at. You look. And when you look, you see that the clothes are dirty and dry and brittle. So you, you must be right. So then what would you do if you're confronted with a foe like this? With an enemy that is so crafty, honestly, with this type of attack, if you're not prayed up, <laughs> I'm telling you, you have no, no hope. They're so crafty that it sounds true, it smells true, it, it looks true, it feels true. You even get butterflies in your stomach, you're like, this is it. And you tell your friends, like, I just feel a stirring. Bro, it's not, it's not God. <laughs> why did Joshua, why was he not able to determine that this was actually an attack from the enemy because it says in verse 14, they did not ask counsel of the Lord. You see, in what our pastors have been teaching us, particularly since this year, is that if we do not pray, if we do not seek the Lord, I'm telling you, the devil is going to wipe us out every time. Because there's things that come into our lives that I'm telling you, everything in your humanity will tell you is good. This has to be the will of God because, I mean, how can it not be? And God is like, if you just ask me, just, just ask me. Because we think we can ask God about the things that we're not sure about, but we also need to ask God about the things that we think are right. But we're like, well, I'm not going to trust in horses or chariots. I'm going to trust in God in all things. So when Joshua did, proceeded to not inquire of the Lord, the inevitable happened because, of course, this was the enemy who had devised a perfect plan to come against the people of Israel. Canaan, with its walls, was not able to even come close. The AI was not able to even come close, but this group of people were so cunning and sly to come against the people of Israel. And as a matter of fact, Joshua made a pact with someone that he was supposed to destroy. And oftentimes we find ourselves bound to that which God told you to destroy. He, he brought you to a victory that you chose not to, to destroy, not to win, but to align yourself with. And then you find yourselves with, with broken marriages. You find yourself with a broken heart. You find yourself crazy at a job that you probably, if, God, if you would have asked God to take it, he would have said, watch out. I know it looks good and it pays good, but maybe this is not my will. Because I have something better for you. So Joshua, because of his inability, and that was the secret for Joshua. At this time, Joshua did not need to observe a little bit better. Joshua did not need to say, well, let me, let me seek because, and the thing is, in this passage, their discernment was telling them something is off. Because they began to ask questions. They're like, so what part, what part are you from? Wait, where, they start to, why do you think they started to question the, the, those people because Something about the Holy Spirit was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, this is not good. Run. You know those gut checks. But we're like, nah, no, it's the devil. And it's okay if you don't know the difference. You know why it's okay? Because you have to inquire of the Lord. He, he created it that way so that we can depend solely on the Lord. He doesn't want you to have it all figured out. He wants you to inhabit in him, to abide in him so that he can guide you every step of the way. 
And so when Joshua did not inquire of God, sure enough, he bound himself to these people that he was supposed to destroy. And for generations, these people were part of the people of Israel. And as a matter of fact, if you fast forward, because we can't, we can because we're in the Bible, right? Saul, actually the people of Israel reap a famine because Saul kills these people eventually. So there's a famine in the land, right? Because he went against what Joshua had committed himself to, right? Because he made a pact with that which he was supposed, he was called to destroy. God, the Gibeonites were part of, of the people group that God had told him in Joshua chapter 1 that he was going to go and to destroy. But because of his lack of seeking the Lord, he was not able to do that. He did not seek God's counsel. And when we do not seek God's counsel, we become prey to an enemy who is a lot smarter than us in every situation. If you need to know, yes, we have a defeated foe, but he's a lot smarter than you. He's been at it a long time. But you know who's smarter than the devil? So that's why we make these, we, we have these errors and we have this heartbreak and we have these situations. Because we keep asking, asking the wrong questions to the wrong person. Instead of asking the enemy, you know, where do you come from and trying to figure the enemy out, why don't you just go to the Lord who is the creator, who knows all things, who is sovereign, and he will tell you. Because from the beginning, God had told Joshua, you, you have to seek me for all things. You see, because God honors men and women who seek the Lord. He honors you. When you come and ask him, and parents, you, you guys know. You guys, when they're young and they come ask you for stuff, you really, maybe it's not the same, but when they're older, when they're teenagers, when they're adults, like when I call my mom today and I ask her for an opinion, a serious opinion about my life, she loves it. She loves it. She's like, well, honey, you know, let's, you know, you're going to do this and you're going to do this. Because something about me asking her, saying, mom, I can't figure this out on my own and including her in my journey strengthens our relationship. My ability to, to rely on my mom's opinion of my life has strengthened our relationship. The moment that I don't talk to my mom, let me tell you, if you think I'm crazy, my Dominican mother, she is a trip. She'll come in here with her chancleta and it's going to be a wrap. Because God honors men and women who seek his face. When we make God our habitation, our priority, he shows out every time as a matter of fact in proverbs 3 5 and 6 you know the verses trust in the lord with all your heart lean not lean not on your own understanding not that you're dumb but he doesn't want you to lean on your own understanding no he says trust in me lean not on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path and then when we end in psalms chapter 20 I'm going to read the whole thing to you and then we're going to land this bird because, you know. <laughs> May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob defend you. May he send you help from the sanctuary. All of this complete dependence to God. And strengthen you out of Zion. May he remember all your offerings and accept your burnt sacrifice. May he grant you according to your heart's desire and fulfill all your purpose. We will rejoice in your salvation. And in the name of our God, we will set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. 
Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. Who saves us from the troubled days? It's the Lord. He will answer him from his holy heaven with, the saving, with his saving strength of his right arm. And that's why it's only logical that if some trust in chariots and horses, we will trust in the name of our Lord. They have bowed down and fallen, but we have risen and stand upright. Save, Lord. May the king answer us when we call. I, I often wonder what would have happened in Joshua chapter 9 if he, would have, he, if he would have asked God. I bet you it would have been, it would have looked a lot different. Seth, I'm about to finish. You can come it would, have looked, it would have looked a lot different, that's for sure. It probably would have read something like the Gibeonites came, they were dressed in, in these garbs, and they had the moldy bread, and they, they, they looked the part, right? They looked the part. But Joshua inquired of the Lord, and God showed him that the Gibeonites were not who they said they were. So Joshua brought the Gibeonites in front of the square and killed them all in the presence of the people. Great victory, we would have had a whole different chapter, but they didn't. So what, what is this for me and for you today? Listen, 2023, if you think the devil is going to stop, let me tell something to you. He's not. Um, as a matter of fact, scripture teaches us about the end times, and the end times is not a uh, decrescendo of trials and tribulations. It's actually a crescendo. Of trials and tribulations but like God told Joshua be strong and courageous and why am, why can't we be strong and courageous because we know who we can trust and listen when we trust in him he'll show us every time there is no time that you come to him and ask him something that he's not gonna show you there is it doesn't exist and if he hasn't answered you yet keep keep asking that's one of the things that I've learned from our pastor. Sometimes I'd be like, Pastor, you know this? Come on, man. This looks so obvious. Let's do it. And they'll be like, well, what did the Lord say? I'm just like, Jesus, please, how much longer? And then something happens or there was a, there was a fork in the road that we didn't expect because, because oftentimes we, we go by what we feel and what we see and what our, our senses tell us and what we're feeling. You know, we're feeling people. We're Pentecostals. And that's okay if you first bring it to Jesus. Because it's discernment sometimes, right? So I'm going to ask you to join me on your feet. And I want to pray for you. Listen, trust in God in all you do. That's the answer. How do we trust in God in all you do? We seek his face constantly for everything. Single people, if you're looking to get married, hey, listen, this is a big one. Trust in God in all you do. You better seek his face and throw yourself on the threshing floor and say, God, please make a way. And I'm not advocating commitment issues. Stop with your commitment issues. I'm not talking about that. I'm speaking that until God tells you otherwise, you stop. If you're looking to start new businesses, right? You're looking to start a new business to expand your business. Guess who knows it all? God. And he will show you every time. Because when we seek him, he will show us. So with all eyes closed, all heads bowed, I want you to put your hand on your heart. Holy Spirit, 
I pray that you show us in a mighty way tonight that you truly are invested in every aspect of our lives, every aspect, in what we wear and how we speak, in our jobs with our families, in dating, in marriage, in parenting. You're invested in it all. So my prayer tonight, Jesus, is that you make us, that you remind us every time to seek you above all else. God, I come against every attack of the enemy that is currently, there's people in here that are currently being, that are under attack of the enemy. It's very crafty and you don't know it. God says there is deliverance from the attack if you will just come and seek me, says the Lord. Lord, I pray for wisdom and understanding. Help our unbelief, God, so that we can trust you in all things. True trust. When I pause before I make a decision and I pray to God, I am declaring to Jesus and declaring to the world that I trust him so much that I need his opinion in every aspect of my life. So Lord, we pray for 2023 to be the year of full stops until you tell us otherwise. That this be the year of the bride, that, that time where, where that bride is just full of love and is ready to get married and is, and is so joyful and anything the husband will tell her she'll do. God, may we find that love and that trust and that abandon in your arms, God. May this house be called a house of prayer. May that be what they say about us, God that RTTN is a house of prayer. That they say, man, those pastors, they're, they're, they're people that pray. That the, the, the men and the women of that church, they pray. The, the young people of that church, they pray. May that be what they say about us, God. Because we know that there's power, there's provision, and there's direction when we seek your face. So Holy Spirit, we surrender to you once again. Come on, tell them, I trust you, God. I trust you, God. I trust you. Say, I trust you with e in every aspect of my life. God, will you give clear wisdom, strategy, understanding right now in the name of Jesus. I see God uh, erasing question marks over your head. I see him erasing question marks. He's going to answer. He's going to answer. So, Lord... We thank you, O oh Lord, that although some may trust in chariots and some in horses, we will trust in the name of the Lord. So we say, tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Just to take him at his word, just to know upon his promise. 
Come on, somebody. Can you say thank you to Pastor Kim for that word? What an amazing, amazing lesson. If you didn't catch it, you can catch it. Some, you know, if you didn't catch some of that, I love that we have live stream and you can share that. Um, we love you, church. We're so honored that you would come on a Wednesday. We know that it's sometimes not easy to get here after work. Well, we pray blessings over you and your family. We love you. Go surprise the kiddos and pick them up early. We pray that you have a safe travel home and we'll see you here on Sunday. Or if you choose, you can go to Athens or you can go to Cleveland. But we love you. We honor you. Have a wonderful evening.